Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast, a, a full episode, maybe a little shorter than a full episode, but not the sort of bonus one we did earlier this week. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess something happened this weekend that we would like to talk about. Well, many things happened this weekend, but we're talking about the Oscars um, in all their glory. That's definitely not the right word for this, but we'll we'll get into that a little more, though I want to talk more about like the winners and how all that happened. And we have a lot of your questions. The Oscars this year really slapped. Oh. Yeah. I mean, someone has oh. to say that's, I mean, unfortunately, that's kind of the phrase they were hoping for, which is part of the problem. And, like, Steve and I did a lot about the show and, like, things about the show, so we'll keep that light. But, like, because Miles wasn't there, I want him to get his say, which, by the way, Miles is back. I think he's... Oh, hi, I'm back. I was out of town for my brother's wedding over the weekend, so sorry you missed me. I think his say was the the double groaner. Did you hear that? I got a double groan, not just one. We heard it. (laughs) And, And Steve is here. I am here. All right. Um, so yeah, let's let's actually start with that, Miles. You you watched them twenty four hours later. Basically, did you see who won beforehand? Did you hear about things like what was your secondhand experience of it leading up to then talking about it? Uh, so yeah, so I had an interesting Oscars experience this year. Uh, the original plan was I was going to get back on Sunday night and. Um, uh, the uh, the awards are being taped, so I was just going to sort of start it. Originally, I was going to start it maybe an hour or two after and just sort of, you know, catch up with you guys after that. But uh, I had three flights that day, and uh, the third one got delayed, like, by two hours or so, like, by the end of the day. So at a certain point, it became very clear that I wasn't going to get home before, like, 11 at night, and there was no way I was about to watch, like just under four hours of a ceremony I was already kind of dreading watching. (laughs) Um, So once I realized that that's kind of what was going to happen, I started, I, at first I kind of dipped my toe. I figured, well, I'll just look up like who won the technical things that weren't part of the main ceremony because I didn't know how that was going to be incorporated yet. Turns out badly, but um, um, I figured, well, I can just find out about those and see how I'm doing on my predictions so far. And then um, I was like, okay, well, I'll hold off on the rest of it until I'm able to watch it, and I'll just do it on Monday. Mm. And then I I put my phone on airplane mode. I did the last flight. As soon as I turned uh, Wi-Fi back on on my phone, literally 10 different people were sending me memes about the slap. Mm. It It was unavoidable. It was immediately, and you know. People know I'm a movie guy. People must have, I'm sure, assumed that I was actively watching when it happened live. But nope, I found out about all of it secondhand and didn't actually see the moment until I finally watched it on Monday. So that was fun. So once that seal had been broken, I was like, well, fuck it. So I just went ahead and looked up who won everything. Um, And so going into Monday, because I knew we were recording today, which is Tuesday, I was kind of on the fence about whether I even wanted to watch it, which I know isn't a great perspective to have for somebody who's on an awards-related podcast. But here's the thing, and I'm trying not to go too long with this, but um, before I started coming on for Awards Radar, 
I hadn't watched the Oscar ceremony in like three years because it's always bad. Yeah. And there's always good moments, which you can easily find on YouTube after the fact. And that's often what I do. Like, you know, the year parasite one, I looked up a lot of bong speeches, things like that. But mm. the ceremony itself, and I, it didn't always used to be this way. It, there was always some cringy moments, but in the last like five to six years, it's just become this thing where the ceremony is easily the least interesting thing about the entire awards race. And, I'd heard nothing but bad things outside of the context of the big moment that overshadowed everything. But I bit the bullet and I did watch it. And, you know, I don't have much to say about it that I'm sure hasn't been said before. But I fucking wish they'd get people who actually like films to put these things together. Because it was an embarrassment, not just because it's a bunch of bad jokes and not just because they're like putting in Twitter fan categories that leave them wide open to Snyder cultists flooding the polls. It's, it's this culminative effect where the magic is hopelessly irreparably lost. And Mm. the actual awards portion of it is just kind of going through the motions to get to these bits that fall flat to get to you know monologues from people who like are proud of the fact that they either didn't watch or didn't get the movies like they spent millions of dollars on the academy museum just to bring wanda sykes in and make fun of all of it like i don't know what they're going for i don't know who this show was for and frankly they deserve all the chaos that happened because this is not the Oscars I remember growing up with. This is not the Oscars that made me fall in love with the awards race. It's just a shit show. And it's really disappointing that it's come to this. Yeah. I, I wrote an article that uh, went up um, today, Tuesday. So you guys are hearing us on Thursday. You've already seen it, but just, it left so much to be desired and there were things that were good and there were things that were bad. And so much of it just felt like it was confused and, an extension of that other article I wrote where I was like, I wish the Oscars actually liked the Academy Awards. Like, w- none of this felt like they knew what was going, like, what the show should be. And, um, like, my, my, I, I, it should, it shouldn't be a thing you can ridicule. And, like, you know, in, in, in years past when people would ridicule it, I would, um, you know, clearly disagree, but also, like, like well, they're just, they're not involved. Like, it's impossible not to see where someone mocking it is coming from right now because it's so clearly trying to be something that it never was and and likely never can be like it's a it's a niche show at its core like it had a long run of being in the masses because people gathered around their TV on Sunday night to watch something and and more people were seeing the same movies. Like it's not a bad thing that we all watch different things, but you're never gonna bring people in. Like and then just counterproductive ideas of like let's let's have the 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 awards some of them not given out live and we'll edit them in. That's those were the awards that your popular movie was gonna was gonna dominate with. That's where Dune shone. You know, only two of the awards given out live were. Of the, what did Dune win? Six. So like two thirds of their stuff edited into the show. 
and it didn't speed up the show. It was still one of it felt like one of the longer ones they've had. Um, you know, the people present for longer than the winners get to accept their speech. Like there's so many things that are they're trying to create a viral moment. That's why everyone initially assumed like was the Will Smith thing staged? Like is this just like the thing to get like people to tune in? Like they don't know what they want. And I think until either ABC lets them go and they go to another station or they go streaming or they do whatever or ABC just accepts that it's, you know, not like the news where you're not trying to make money even though they make money with the news now, but like that it's a prestige thing and not a a dollar bringer. Like it's going to get worse before it gets better because I'm sure they're going to say, well, the ratings went up even though literally they could only have gone up after last year. So I don't know that anyone's taking the right lesson for it, even though, you know, the winners were, were solid. Like, well, that's the thing that, sorry to interrupt, but that's the thing that frustrates me the most. I think is there were a number of winners that like, should have been really meaningful and profound moments. And, you know, three out of four of the acting winners gave incredibly passionate and meaningful speeches. The other one would have been an incredible speech if the context of it wasn't really weird and sort of off-putting. Like, you know, Coda winning Best Picture should be an amazing moment, but it just, it all gets overshadowed by the bullshit. And, you know, it's really telling that, like, I think for all six of the Dune wins, most of which, like you said, were in the weird side ceremony... Every single one of them, like, turned to look Denis Villeneuve straight in the face and thank him, almost like he should have been nominated for Best Director or something. Like, it's it's just staggering how wrongheaded and how much the wrongheaded decisions handicapped it at every turn. Yeah, like, and again, the things you were saying, like the Academy Museum, I was there. It was great. I talked about it three weeks ago, two weeks ago on the podcast we did when I was in California. Like, I talked about it briefly. It, to make it a joke was was a bizarre choice. If you were going to just make it a joke, just make it a commercial during the show. You own the damn thing. Um, well, yeah, like that. That's like a Conan O'Brien sketch where he like goes to a place and makes fun of the stuff there. That's not like a, a sketch you do during the Oscars for the Oscars. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, or um, you know the ver- the kind of random feeling tributes to films. Like they're fine. There's nothing wrong with them, and and like the Bond one was pretty entertaining, but like they don't. But also, they don't why was anything... fucking Tony Hawk and Kelly Slater like talking to us well, about James thing. Bond? What the fuck does that have to do with so, anything? So many of the presenters were like, "Well, what if we can get a um, a person who like the masses know?" You know how we can really pay tribute to the Godfather? Have fucking P Diddy do a cover of the score? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I like all of that was just an utter misunderstanding of what um, this should be, and and that was and that was a shame because what you know the show should be is about the films that were nominated were about the films of the year, and then yeah, expand into the films that matter or they want to cite you know whose anniversary or or just you know you could have been like. Okay, The Power of the Dog is up for Best Picture. It's a revisionist Western. We're going to have a a clip package of Westerns. Like, it's the latest in the Westerns. And we're going to start with 
whatever they want to start with. We're going to go how the West was won to the power of the dog to show you how much this field has evolved and changed and and to show you what, what cinema does. You know, you coda, you know, like however you want to bring in other films. Like there's so many ways that you could make it meaningful and, and touching and, and speak to the person who's a film fan as opposed to continuously trying to speak to like the person who wants to watch it for the yucks or like hate watch it or just wants to like, you know, see the Will Smith meme. Uh, it's it's such a fundamental misunderstanding of what the show should be that um, I, I don't know. It's just it is what it is, I guess, in a in a not great way. They were constantly trying to find the opportunity to have somebody uh, mention them and hashtag them on Twitter or on social media. Yep. That's all it was. Megan the Stallion as part of the uh, we don't talk about Bruno the you know, well a uh, weird like revised cover of Bruno that's them singing about the Oscars to yeah, the yeah, terrible. to the tune like Which what the Steve fuck was, was upset that? about. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. My my kids stayed up to watch that. They wanted to stay up for the whole thing. They said, "Well, I said, watch that. You'll, you you can watch the rest in the morning." They heard that and they both turned to me like, "What is this?" I'm like, <laughs> "Exactly. Who is this for? This is is this for the producers so they can say, see, People will be tweeting about this. Unfortunately for them, they were in the wrong way. Every tweet I saw about it was like, what the F were you doing out there? It's You took well, a song so that everybody's singing are. and the kids know every single word. Uh, as a coach yeah. of basketball, I've heard that song more than any song ever, <laughs> probably, since uh, I don't even know what. And then you take it and you strip it down and you, re- and you rework it. To to who for who who's your audience? It it made no sense to me. A lot of the show made no sense for me. Agreed. Um, here, let's let's do some of the questions, and then that'll lead into us talking about the winners because that's sort of what we actually want to focus on, um, at least hopefully. Um, so, let me pull some up because we have a couple. We have more than a couple actually, but I I grabbed a couple that were um, particularly interesting. Um, here, Adam, Adam, uh, Adam Droge, Adam Droge, I'm sorry if I, uh, got that wrong. He said, it would be fun to hear everyone's rankings of the last 10 best picture winners. So he says to see where everyone puts Coda cause spoiler alert, Coda won. So we can start with that one. So here I will, um, read you the, uh, last 10 and we can go from there. So give me one moment to pull those up. So the actual last 10 would be, including Coda. All right, so. Coda, Nomadland, Parasite, Green Book, The Shape of Water, Moonlight, Spotlight, Birdman, 12 Years a Slave, Argo, right? That's 10? Or would the artist be another one? I would cut it off at Argo. Okay, so let's, let's go from Argo to to um, Coda. So, right. if you guys need a minute, write uh, those down. Where did you do them already? Well, yeah, I actually saw Adam's question, so I had time to go ahead and get this ready before the show. Well, the artist yeah, would be it. in there, because that, be, that would be the 10th, because otherwise it's 9, right? No, okay, so I've, we'll got, I've got my list ready, and uh, artist isn't on there, and it's 10. 
Wait. What am I, all right. What am, all right. Well, I'm missing something then. So. Well, so, so I can do mine, and uh, there, and you can see where the gap is. Okay. Um. Yeah. yeah I found. I. I had done it. Um. The day before the oh. Oscar, somebody had. Dip, I'm missing no man. pulled up. A, That's what I'm missing. Here we go. Um. So I. I had included both Coda and the Power of the Dog as like the ranking. So like I can. I have mine. Um. All right. So mine would be. Parasite, Argo, Spotlight, Coda, Moonlight, 12 Years a Slave, The Artist, Nomadland, Birdman, The Shape of Water, Green Book. Miles? Okay, well, I don't have The Artist on here, but uh, mine is uh, Parasite, The Shape of Water, Spotlight, 12 Years a Slave, Birdman, Moonlight, Coda, Argo, Nomadland, and Green Book. And I feel like the artist would be in that like bottom four area. Uh, yeah, if I did have the artist on there, it would probably be um, like below Nomadland, above Green Book. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's no shade on Coda. I think Coda is a lovely film. I just really like those first six. Yeah, no, I... It's actually, like, for all the shit we give the Oscar winners, and there's a lot of shit to be given, like, it's not a bad lineup of Best Picture winners for the last decade. No, it's just every year there's something somebody likes better. When it was Parasite, you know, not the 1917 would have been a better winner, but, like, obviously if you were a big Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood fan, you really leaned there. You know, with, with Argo, there was Lincoln and Zero Dark Thirty, and with Spotlight, you had... um mad max you know with uh with moonlight you had la la land and then other films that was a pretty good lineup i thought with you know 12 years a slave there was gravity um artist it was like tree of life but that was never like a real competition thing nomadland last year felt very split so like could have been several things you were partial to birdman was a boy was the boyhood year shape of water you had um you had nolan you had get out and stuff like that green book like everybody liked the film better than that one so it's not necessarily the films as much as the other things exactly that make people want them more. Steve, do you have yours? Uh, yeah. Parasite, Spotlight, 12 Years a Slave, Coda, Moonlight, Birdman, The Shape of Water, Nomadland, Green Book, and Argo. It, it's tough. You know, I, I'm not a big ranker yeah, because I, I, I find this when I'm doing ranking and stars. I'm like... I don't know. It's not the way I watch film. I watch a film and I, I'm more about the experience and the different qualities or, or elements of it that make it um, to rank it. Like Nomadland and The Shape of Water. How do you compare those two? They're not. They're completely well, that's, that's different even, films. That's what we were talking about last week with um, with Coda and Power of the Dog. Like it's impossible yeah. to really put them up one to one. And I kind of like when you have that. I mean, obviously, it led to Twitter being an awful place, but, like, they couldn't be more different, the two films. And, like, usually, they're not they're, – they're different, but they're still, you know, prestige, a similar scale. Um, I, I liked that we had two wildly different in every possible way films going up against each other on an even ground. You know, they both came from streamers with basically unlimited money, like – you know, there there was a lot to that if you weren't in this like either or battle to go, what an interesting, interesting race, you know, as opposed to 
not that it's less interesting, but you know, if uh, if the race had been Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Irishman, which we kind of thought it was at one point that year, they're very similar films. You know, they're made by master filmmakers by, by more, most accounts. They're epic. They have a big vision. They're period. Like, you know, there's a lot of things where you go, they're, you know, they're telling different stories. The filmmaking styles are different, but the other one could have directed the other person's film. It would have been a different movie, but like you could conceive that have being, of being a project of theirs, perhaps. Whereas, you know, Nomadland and Coda are so diametrically opposed and which led to if you like one more than the other, you really started to shit on the other. And that's uh, something I don't care for, as I had said um, a couple weeks ago. But it was an interesting question. Um, Robert has an interesting question, actually, our own Robert Hamer. He asked, how do you think the Academy will respond to the fact that this year's ceremony was almost an hour longer than last year's ceremony, despite making such a big deal out of sequestering eight categories to pre-recorded bullshit to save time, in parentheses? We kind of started to talk about this earlier. Um, I mean, the two options are they're either going to consider somehow it was a success and, like, other factors made it long, or they're going to get even more bullshitty about it. And, and I mean, I don't want them to go more extreme, but I almost wonder what happens if they, um, like, split it into two nights or something like that. Like, I don't want it. But at this point, I almost feel like if you just make the, you know, the above-the-line categories, and I'm sure you probably throw in, like, animated and, and maybe song because people like the uh, the performances, make it just, like, those ten kind of thing. And that's what's the Sunday night, like, two-hour show and maybe Saturday afternoon. There's the other stuff. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a good idea. But it, I don't know that it's worse than fucking what they did now. Like, here's the thing. I mean, this is going to be a little niche. Um, but some people, I think, listening know. The NFL draft, once upon a time, was a one day. It was on a Saturday or Sunday. It was, like, nine or ten hours long. It was absurd. But they did all seven rounds and only insane people like me watched it. Um, and then they switched to making it two days. And now they now they do three days. They start on a Thursday. And the first round is like prime time and a big deal. And then the second and the third round is on Friday. And then Saturday they do, the, they do rounds four through seven. And like only crazy people like me watch at all. But like I don't want the Academy to go there. But at least that was, you know, instead of pretending that half of these don't exist and are bullshit – we're going to we're going to give the platform to the stuff we know more people care about but we're not going to necessarily shortchange the others and like again I don't want that to happen but I just I do fear what they're going to think so I, I think Robert had a very good question but unlike the the draft there's a lot to talk about and there's a lot of of course of analyst speculation where I don't know if you watched some of the pregame Oscar stuff man was it uh unbearable it's like it, it's it's definitely you have to dvr it so you can fast forward because it was going on for what six hours i'm like hey, well they don't have anything to talk no, about really <laughs> nothing at all because the whole bunch here's of the nonsense. problem with that half the people who they have on don't know the films they're they're clearly talking out their ass the other half do you know they're the the awards editors for sites, they're the, you know, the pundits and stuff like that. They're, they're, they're the, you know, in another world, they're me. But they're talking to an audience that doesn't 
that isn't their normal audience, right? So like if if I was hosting that show and I knew that I was only talking to people who read the site and read, you know, the various sites, you would of course be having the conversations we all have, you know, last was it two weeks ago, last week, like our everyone's podcast was final predictions and analyzing and overanalyzing. That doesn't play for TV. So it's just like, oh, and how moving was Coda and how powerful was the, you know, like, and they put everything kind of on even ground. Like I I remember in years past, you know, when you'd watch it and they talk about, well, what about, you know, they they would try to do the categories and like, well, what do you think about the race for best? And they always try to make the case of like, oh, it could be anyone, Um, even though, you know, it's not true because they're not using any real like facts. It's just uh it's frustrating. But how about in that 100 hours that they had uh, pregame, instead of just talking about nothing, which is all it seemed to be, um, sit down and break down some categories. And not, not about the odds of totally. who's going to win, but let's look at the costumes. Because there's some incredible work. Even, and they, didn't, they don't take that time to, to delve into that, especially during the ceremony with, where they added it down to 30 seconds. And, you know, like how about that's your opportunity to, to really go there and, and praise, the, uh, praise the work or, or uh, totally. appreciate it at least. Or even if they're not going to do that, like have a place where that's happening. Be like, oh, if you go to Oscars.com yeah. or, or the oh. YouTube channel, like, you know, the pregame, the pregame show is going to be that like we're going to go through every category and you're going to get you know a breakdown and like you know that would be an opportunity to involve all these people like you have experts i'm not i'm not like cruising for a job like please hire me if you want but like you could easily be like we have all of the the various awards pundits of note gathered in new york and la and like whatever they don't have to all be there i know like it's a big deal like variety and the hollywood reporter and stuff are on the scene but like be like we have you know, some of people remote in like every category, we're going to have some folks do it. So like, you know, we're going to have Scott Feinberg and Joey talking about best director and like break down all the stats, break down all the things. We're going to have Clayton Davis and, you know, Gregory Elwood talking about best actress, just like have all these people who know what they're talking about and, and, you know, not don't do it for free. Like we're all in this for a buck, but like, or offering up this information consistently. Like, make it so that if you really care, you can hear all that and you can start to do the analyzing and stuff like that. Because, like, the sports do that. You know, the Super Bowl well, doesn't that's, have that's Beyonce talking thinking. about it. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I mean, listen, nobody cares less about sports than I do. But I've, I know. I've been in a bar and I, there have been sports happening on a TV in my vicinity. And I know enough about sports to know that between plays or between games or, you know, however ESPN fills up the time, they have people talking about stats and they have people analyzing how different players are doing, you know, compared to previous seasons or compared to previous games and how they're doing in this and that. It would be so easy to do something like that with the Oscars and be like, oh, well, the competition is thick for best director. I mean, so-and-so won the Golden Globe, but so-and-so won the SAG Award. And what does this mean? And how does that play? Like, the community is there. The the analysts are there. The, the foundation is there. And I think you would get people who maybe wouldn't normally be into it. You know, there are families, like my family, back when I lived at home, used to do more of a casual, like, we'd print out the IMDb Oscar poll and we'd all like have our own, uh, you know, 
predictions. And, you know, a lot of the time they weren't based on anything. But if you had a pre-show that was less about what's everybody wearing or, oh, what a lovely film that was and more about, okay, well, here's how the odds are looking so and so like you'd get people engaged with that in a way that casual people just aren't really. I think we go beyond the odds and the uh, and beyond the awards and look at the craft and you sit down and you have like maybe some former winners for sound explain why these nominees are the nominees that made it there because like with when you look at editing I was scratching my head with the King Richard. Now if you go back yeah. and go okay, it's sports, they have to they have to tell two different stories and and do it at the same time you know the the what's going on in the court what's going on in the family blah 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 um have experts to to break that down and it doesn't have to be a half hour for each category but instead of just talking about hey look at you know who do you think's going to win over and over again and what are they wearing get into uh you know show some appreciation for what was on the screen and i would actually watch that i i literally turned tuned in for maybe 10 minutes and then i recorded a whole bunch of it and i deleted it all i was like there's they're, they're saying nothing give me something of substance but also i think that helps educate people as to what they're watching so they go hey well i did catch that thing about the you know about the sound or about the costumes or about the editing i want to see who wins now because they made some good points as to why these nominees were nominated instead of it just being I heard of that movie or I didn't hear that movie. I'm rooting for this one. No, now you're like, oh, shit, you're kind of uh, vested in it a little bit. Well, and Steve, you've brought up this point a few times in the past, and I think it's such a good idea that that kind of appreciation of the craft needs to extend to the ceremony as well. Yes. Like, get out of here with these, like, five-second random unconnected clips of the movie when you're going through the nominees. Like, if we're talking about costumes, show us, you know, the process of creating the costumes for each of the nominees. If we're doing screenplay, do that thing where, like, they actually show us the script to show, like, how the writing impacts what we see on the screen, you know. There's ways to do it with every category and get people to appreciate the craft and to get people interested in the films that they hadn't seen or that they mm-hmm. hadn't heard, heard of. Like I think And we used to see that. We used to see that. And that's the thing. Like I used to Joey, love you're that. right. This is this is always going to be a niche event. And that's fine. But like rather than like trying to appeal to normal Joe who's never going to care about the show no matter how you you pivot it, make it about the because f- there's you know there's film obsessives and there's casual film fans who don't care but there's such a wide gulf in between of people who are like oh well i've heard about a few of the movies but i haven't seen everything that like you've got them just on the hook enough that like they would watch it to learn like it can be about the films like the answer is staring them right at the face but they don't have the courage to just embrace that aspect of it because it used to be it was never really educational but it used to be more about the films and the performances and celebrating cinema. And sure, they were they were sort of bits, but they were usually the host on stage doing a small thing. And like sometimes they were funny. And sometimes they brought the show to a halt, but they never really felt like pandering to a crowd. Like I remember when I wrote my article, a bunch of people from the tech world like, you know, retweeted and said like um Myron uh, is Kirstein, I think, the editor from Tick Tick Boom. Like like particularly cited when I said like who is not watching but now is watching because they don't have to bear with the best film editing category being given the extra 30 seconds 
it's it's just it's so counterproductive. And I think once the ratings started going down, for some reason they looked at the like I don't want to say like necessarily classiness of it all, but like the film forward aspect of it, what little of that there already was, and thought that that was the fix to like go further into. Well, what if it was a an event that just became a talking point, became something people were, you know, the water cooler talk wouldn't be about the movies. It wouldn't be about, oh, isn't it crazy that Jessica Chastain has an Oscar now? Or I got to check out Coda, even though I, you know, or if I didn't see it, it's it's now, oh my God, hopefully in their eyes, you know, oh my God, that speech, you know, but not even. You know, they're they're much more, you know, hoping people were talking about, you know, the song We Saw Your Boobs. Or in this case, Will Smith, even though that's not what they planned. Like, it's so far removed from the actual show. Like, think about how much you would prefer to hear that Seth MacFarlane song to some of the things we've seen in the last five or six years. It's so surface level, the conversation. Like, it's at least about the – it's like – like, like I, I remember not hating the song. I didn't think it was, like, good, but I was like, all right, whatever – but it was at least about the films that year. Like, what a concept to, like, have the humor be about the movies. And, like, it wasn't even necessarily mocking the movies or the performer. It was, you know, it was perhaps bad satire about the idea of, like, female objectification. Whereas, what is the the joke seven times about not watching Power of the Dog? You know? Or or kicking the last duel while it's not even nominated for yeah. anything. Yeah, a movie, a movie, or, or even worse, than... the, the Kirsten Dunst thing was bullshit. I oh my I, god, I hated it. That. Was disgusting. and then she tries to like get Jesse Plemons in on it when he's clearly not amused. Yeah, was that what the Amy Schumer thing? Yeah. Oh, I mean, she she mentioned after the fact that like uh, Kirsten Dunst was in on it. Like we Still. weren't like. Mocking well, her. It doesn't, it doesn't she matter. Was, it, it, he sure wasn't. Yeah, it's not. Well, maybe, you know, but that's the thing. Like, so many of these things fall flat because some people are in on it, some people aren't. But even if you're in on it, when did, when did she hear about it? Like, you know, was it yesterday? Was it a week ago? Like, it, and it's not like, it's, let's have you in for rehearsals. It's, by the way, hey, hey, Kirsten, do you mind if we do this bit? I'm sure she's like, yeah, fine, whatever. It's Don't still disrespectful, it. though. That's the thing. You know, what they say with a joke, there's always a, an ounce of truth in there. And I'm like, okay, so what are you saying about Kirsten Dunst's career or about her, you know, her, her uh, body of work? You know, maybe she's, she's not Jennifer Lawrence at every household name. Yeah, like, but like she is no... a, an amazing actress, and there's no way that, no reason at all that they should make a joke. They shouldn't, and they, honestly, they shouldn't make that joke for I mean, anybody. That's oh, yeah, bullshit. if you were going to make that joke, the, the funnier version is to do Jesse Plemons. Unless people know who he is, I would argue. Well, I think Maybe. the funnier version is to do like Bradley Cooper, like a, yes. a massive star that like there you go. like she's too much in the middle where it's like she's yeah. a respected mm-hmm. actress, but like it, it it falls flat because it's so mean spirited. She's like, yes. oh, yeah, oh the either... seat fillers are here for um uh so that you know people can leave uh, to cry when they don't win. Now let me go practice this joke on two nominees that didn't win. Yeah. Yeah, you like, either do it to a huge star who will, you know, see the humor in it or you do it with like I don't know who the person would be. We don't really have a nominee like that this year, but it would be the equivalent of like let's say Simon Rex got nominated for best actor. You could make that funny to be like nobody knows who you are because he would be into that bit. You know, you can make that a funny bit or that's where you would have your your fun of just like, 
you could bring up the fact of like, wait, you, are you weren't you a porn star? Like you could have a like a the moment they're clearly hurt, hurting for, um, but they don't seem to know who to do it with. Like, I mean, honestly, you know, if the big dramatic moment hadn't already happened at that point in the ceremony, Will Smith would have been a perfect person to do it with. Well, we've now learned he doesn't have a sense of humor. So, or interview. I mean, an actual does uh, until seat filler. Well, do, that, do yeah, have this, to, do something. Something. Yeah, interview the seat filler. Yeah. In, yeah, interview the seat filler. I mean, that even if you wanted to do the same joke, interview the seat filler saying she's kirsten dunce and she's like i'm not, and have kirsten dunce walk over and go actually that's me and like oh no no yeah. security escort her out like that's at least this feels more like they're trying to make a joke of the situation as opposed to we just picked a random person to make a joke thing is i think most of the jokes through the whole night lacked they weren't clever they, they were just missing something that well because they don't because they don't they don't know how to do it they don't like there, there's so many they're so unsure of what they want this to be. Yeah. Like, clearly they don't want it to be like a Ricky Gervais, like, really going after people. Well, we learned what happens when, when that happens, apparently. But, like, you know, that was that was divisive at the time. But more people than not understand that that's what satire is. It's a bit of a roast. But also, if you want it to be a classy Hollywood's biggest night, like, it needs to be a lot more gentle or just, like, you know the not to assume that like the Billy Crystal of it all would have been like perfect, but like those were those were light jabs at like the thing about the film you already knew. You know, it, like it wasn't it wasn't making some it's a like, lot less esoteric like joke. stabbing at people's personal lives. Yeah, like you know, you would you know it would have been. I I don't even know what the jokes are because also like the films are so like niche is the wrong word, but like aside from Dune. There was no film that you knew a, a, a set number of people watched. Like, honestly, there's a world in which the second most watched film is Don't Look Up. Oh, yeah. And, For sure. And it probably is. And then probably Coda at this point. Like, Apple did an amazing job getting people to see the film at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're, you're still dealing with plenty of people who didn't see any of the things. So, like, I understand why that's an issue for them. But it means you have to evolve in a different way. It doesn't mean you forget about the movies. Yeah, it's 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 nuts. When, when um, you're producing this, it, no matter what you want to do, you you have to you can't ignore the old Hollywood. You have to combine old Hollywood and new Hollywood. If you're trying to reach for a new audience, you have to still understand and appreciate what it was that brought people there in the first place. And if you're not, if you're going to ignore that or say we know better, well, you're going to get this year's Oscars. And luckily for yeah. them, Will Smith slapped somebody because if he didn't, it would be the most, the least talked about Oscars in a long time. Well, yeah, and well, last I mean, year's. Well, I mean, I mean they're the certainly tragedy, getting. Sorry, the real tragedy of it all is that you know people like Ariana DeBose and Troy Kotzer and Jessica Chastain and Coda winning Best Picture. These sh- or Jane Campion winning Best Director. These should be significant like achievements. These should be like significant like moments in history. But when you cheapen the show this much, suddenly it's not that significant. And that's not fair to those artists. And that's not fair to all the people who put in the work and who love what they do. And it's like, oh, I'm the first deaf man to win an Oscar. But is winning an Oscar that great a thing anymore when the ceremony I'm being given the thing at is this fucking crass? Like, it just cheapens the whole affair. And it, it's... <sighs> the secondhand embarrassment was unreal this year. 
Agreed. I, I, I like... Yeah. So here, let's, let's talk about the winners. Because our other questions involve the winners. Um, the first, uh, Kayfley has a two-part question um, that we can start with. Um, and they ask, what win from the Oscars, I guess this year, will age the best... And what win will age the worst? They also ask, what does Netflix have to do to finally win Best Picture? And moving forward with predictions, what stats and precursors will still be helpful? Or are predictions going to be based a lot more on narrative and buzz? So I'm going to start with that just because it's kind of a generic. And I think with every other category but picture, you can still kind of work with the old rules. They mostly held true. There's exceptions, but, you know, you saw the, the turn in Best Supporting Actor. Like, it wasn't so much predictions as, like, your eyes, you know, you could see the momentum swing and we've seen it before, you know, below the line. Um, there are people, you know, Sam Coffey, who is like not a necessarily a writer for us, but has sort of been like an unofficial, like cheerleader is good with stats. Um, Mark Johnson, friend of the site at awards daily and formerly of awards circuit with myself is great with what's showing where, where stats coalesce with, where your predictions could go. Um, Will Mavity is good with that um, from Next Best Picture. Like, you can look and see stats. They do still make sense. It's not necessarily a gut feeling. With Picture, however, and I'm not the only one who says this, and um, it's just what the truth is now, you really only can use, for any viable sense of prediction, stats since the preferential ballot returned. Because everything else is a different way of voting. You know, they weren't voting for consensus. If this wasn't preferential preferential balloting, Power of the Dog wins. Maybe even Belfast wins. But almost certainly Power of the Dog wins because it had, had such broad support going in. So it didn't have to deal with the people who didn't like it, you know. Here, you have to deal with preferential balloting. So the people who don't like it are not just supporting something else. They're actively affecting your outcome. And then there's the the outcome of the things that aren't involved. You know, prior to preferential balloting, it's why you, what, with 10 Best Picture nominees, you can't really not have preferential balloting because so many of them just are not there to do anything. In reality, having 10 nominees and preferential balloting, the movies that you end up nominating can tell you something about what's going to win because the type of movie that's there leads into what else gets support like we were doing on the prior full episode. And that clearly is part of what happened. You know, Coda took in enough other votes, whereas Power of the Dog people were, were big on Power of the Dog, but you didn't necessarily see a, a another three or four films that clearly were going for the same audience. So, like, with Best Picture, it's just, it's just preferential balloting error stats. Um, and tie that into PGA... And SAG, and I think we've now seen that I think since preferential balloting, everything that's won PGA and SAG has gone on to win. If they've won both. I might be wrong, but I think that's been the story of like, you know, the, the, the Argos and, and, and such of the world. They, they do go from those two as being a, a hard thing to beat. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys disagree, but I, it, for, for me, it's clear. Like, you just have to, for picture, focus in on that, on our current error. Um, as opposed to trying to talk ourselves out of, you know, Power of the Dog only winning one Oscar because is it going to be the first film since The Graduate to do that? And like, you know, I my, we'll talk about our predictions in a second and how we all did. Like, I would have done better 
because it never felt like when we talked about original score, like it always felt like trying to find a second win for it, as opposed to I think in a bubble this is what's going to happen. Yep. No, I mean I don't disagree with anything you said. I think it does change you've got to think about the mentality that goes into the vote and you've got to look at sort of the sway of the season i mean you know traditional logic would suggest oh coda came out earlier in the year it's you know not one people that's going to stay on people's minds for as long but it peaked at exactly the right time and uh it did have like you're saying that sort of emotional factor where on a preferential ballot it does very well because it's just generally well liked Whereas Power yeah. of the Dog is kind of a love it or hate it proposition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a lot of it, uh, I think a lot of where the Power of the Dog failed is that not everyone got it. And yeah. Coda was easy to consume and, and, and hit a level. Well, that's, that, the, that's the key to Best Picture now. Yeah. And, and then and the Power of the Dog in a five film, you know, non preferential ballot. I'd guess probably wins, and I don't know if Coda even makes it. And it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a different world. Yeah, look at look at the other challenging things that have won. Like I don't know that Nomadland is challenging. It's just paced at a very specific way. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to watch Nomadland and not get it. You may not appreciate it. Obviously, the Academy did. Or like Parasite. Parasite is also a challenging movie to watch in a way, but it's very hard not to get. Like even if you don't. I, like, I guess you could not get it, but it... But you can get it, it at it some seems, level. There's Exactly. Yeah. Power of the Dog, you know, we've talked about this, how many, how much, how beneficial a second viewing was to watch it with the lens of like, oh, I really know what this movie's about now. Because the first time you're kind of just <clears throat> letting it wash over you. And that's why that first viewing sometimes has been tough for people. Um, because by the end, you have a little bit of like, wait, what? And that's not helpful. Yeah. Because I don't know that the Academy is rewatching it. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Who's going back to rewatch it? You, you have 10 films you yeah. must watch. And if you said, huh, are you going back to say, I, I need to figure this out, or are you just moving on? Which leads to well, that part of the question like, what does Netflix have to do to finally win Best Picture? I don't know that they need to do anything differently. It's the, two, it's the double-edged sword of the films they promote. They basically take movies... Obviously, they have a ton of movies, but a, but a, a lot of the prestige ones, or at least ones by the biggest directors, are movies they couldn't get made elsewhere. You know, that no one was going to give Charlie Kaufman money for I'm thinking of ending things. I don't know that anyone was going to give Jane Campion enough money to make this. You know, I'm, I'm sure people wanted to work with Adam McKay, but would he have gotten his budget and been able to get all those stars? You know, like all these movies exist because of Netflix. But at the same time... By supporting the sort of auteur vision, which is a great thing. You can quibble with it being Netflix that's doing it, but they're supporting artists. Um, They're really the only person kind of giving a blank check or whatever version of that that they're doing. You you do get films that are harder to, to excite the masses. And at the same time, it's easy to say, well, what if they just had Coda? You know, what if they had bought Coda? But... That sort of film, their M.O. for so long has been to just have it be content and and not really, not not care, but like it doesn't get the same TLC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would would things have gone different if they treated Tick, Tick, Boom as like 
the be-all, end-all picture nominee they were going for? I don't know. But, like, that's definitely an easier movie to get, per se. Um, I think think for them to win, it's either going to be a film like Power of the Dog, where it does exceptionally well with nominations and doesn't have a Dune one to uh you know on one hand to take away the tech love and two when people start looking for an alternative there isn't a clear cut like it was sort of the quirk of it all that that coda became the the clear alternative because if it was power the dog versus belfast it's still power the dog i think i think people just never got into belfast in the way that the first audiences at Telluride and and TIFF, myself included, when I was there, went like, oh, this is so clearly something that Oscar votes for. You know what? I, I think a lot of it, you know, at least, uh, you know, from the outside looking in kind of, Belfast and The Power of the Dog both felt calculated. It's like, you know, they came out and they, and they came out when they should have, you know, in quotes, um, and they were pushed and pushed and brought up and the, the right conversations and they did all the right things. But Coda wasn't that type of film. So I think that's where it worked. It's great to see that, especially when you get this, that opportunity to see behind the film and hear the filmmakers speak. Yeah. From I think it's more early that... on, it was always it was always the power of the dog in Belfast yeah. that I heard. I think the movies that win, and you go back to that list we just went through, none of them are the like year in advance, like, oh, that's the one. Like, when I do my year in advance predictions and, like, I won't do them for a little bit, I promise. Everyone's so damn drained by this year. You know, I'm sure, like, The Fablemans will probably be my number one. And, like, sure, it could win, but, like, that kind of thing, it gets nominated still, but, like, they don't necessarily win anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, It tends to be something that pops up. And captures, not lightning in a bottle, but just gets people's attention or voters' attention and rides a wave. Parasite as opposed was to, like that. Yeah. Uh, no, no, the Nomadland Very really wasn't. So. But, you know. I mean, Nomadland is, a, I think last year is so weird yeah. that, like, Nomadland just happened to be the film that was everyone kind of got on board with. But but going um, back to the, you know, it, it's the old school buzz, the true, the not just the. The voters, but the general audience. And when the general audience is talking, did you see that? Oh, I cried. And I was, like I said, this in the last uh, episode, um, I was sitting down this weekend talking about Coda, and this this lady I was speaking with mentioned it, and she's bringing up a scene, and we're both like, I'm getting the chills, and she's almost crying, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. I said, that's an emotional reaction, and that's how I think Parasite had that. You can't buy that, you can't force that. And I think, especially in a world that we live in now, the COVID war, politically divided, um, that emotional connection to have that and to have that escape, that true escape, is going to play much bigger than it does, you know, hopefully in a few years when I'm, I'm hoping the world is, is much better off and, and much more stable. Um, yeah. But you can't, you can't buy that. You can't, you know, that's what I was saying about the calculated. Not that it's great go out and get these get these films out to everybody get these out to the voters let people see it let it be known let let people understand what the work that went behind it but you can't fake um that 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 connection you have when i walked out of parasite i wanted everybody and anybody to see that film and said you know what you may not get it but go see it same thing with coda but coda was a, a much more you know, kind of an emotional connection. It was I was totally engaging totally. in that way, and you can't, you know, you can't 
fake that and it, it just is yeah. what it is so um and in terms of like what's gonna age the best and the worst because i want to get into the actual films because we're we're already running a little long yeah yeah um <laughs> I don't know that any of them are going to age particularly poorly. I mean, in hindsight, people are going to be shocked that Will Smith won on the night that he decked someone. But I think in a way, Coda will age well because it'll eventually stop being the one that everyone picks on. And it'll just be like, oh, what a nice little movie that won. Um, So, I mean, if there's one that's going to age the worst, it may wind up through no fault of its own just being Belfast because it's going to that one's going to be kind of forgotten about. And then you're going to go, oh, okay, I guess they were giving the other, like, top contender an award. Um, you know, that that kind of thing. I don't know that there's one that's going to really age terribly. There might be ones that age better, you know, I'm sure. But it also just depends on, like, what does Ariana DeBose do with her career? Like, if it, I'm not assuming this by any stretch, but if it all goes down the drain, then it becomes a weirder outlier. If Troy Kotzer doesn't get any more work, and I'm sure he will, and he deserves to, you know, um, <clears throat> or if like Will Smith becomes some weird alt writer or something like they're not happening, but those things lead to things not aging well, mm-hmm. you know, where you look back at like the Kevin Spacey awards and like his work was great, but that win has not aged well. Cause you're just like, ugh, really? When it comes to Coda, one thing I, I saw a tweet and I, don't, I can't remember who tweeted it out. It might've been, uh, Sean Hader. Um, <clears throat> it was, it said something along, along the lines of we're not deaf actors, we're actors. And I'm like, exactly. and I think that is what I hope we get from this. We can move on. I'm so tired, and, and this goes across the board in every direction. Labels, labels, labels. This last few years, it's been like every everyone has to have a name. And I've heard several nominees say, "Well, you know, I, my it's my work." And and if we stop saying, "Well, you're the first," they made a, a, they had a skit about it on SNL, uh, but with. Uh, Shang-Chi actors, uh, Simu, uh, uh, Simu, Simu, Liu. Simu Liu. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was like, yes, it's, it's spot on. It's like, it's, it, to me, it's, I find it a little insulting that, you know, you say, well, th- this is the box you fit into. No, the box you fit into is a universal box of quality work. And, and that's what we should be aiming for instead of, um, all these things. And with, with, uh, with Coda, I'm like, I'm hoping, that maybe that's what it does. You know, if you don't agree, does it deserve to win? No, but maybe it does something much bigger than that. Maybe we stop putting labels on on uh, Troy Kotzer's, on uh, Marley Matlin's. They're actors and put them in films because that's the real world. The real world is not, you know, what it had been. We would very, very defined like who was a Hollywood star for so many years. Well, let's strip that down yeah. and, and open the open the, the floodgates to represent everybody, and but also in the same time, not have to be about representation. Let's like let's start inching toward true representation. Want to believe it or not? I'm sure studios say, well, we've got to you know fit this quota. We have to do this. Let you know. I, I'm hoping for a world where we can get beyond that. You know, maybe I'm a, a, a dreamer, but that's my hope that this code of right. victory is one inch closer to to that world just a better world because i'm sick of this world yeah. <laughs> i gotta tell you yeah believe me you are preaching to the the converted at the moment right now um let's do ryan mcdermott's filmholic face-off real quick then we'll talk about the actual results then we'll leave all right um they're um basically this year's tech winners versus last year's tech winners um the visual effects of dune or tenant wait hold on say the again 
the visual effects no, of before, Dune. Before that. Oh, it's it's the film Hulk face, face Off. It's just this year or last year's winner. So it's Dune oh. or Tenant for visual effects. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, not the yeah. films, but the categories they won yeah, yeah. for. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Dune, all the way. Tenet was the best of a bad batch. Dune is legendary revolutionary special effects. I agree. Yeah. Yep, it's Dune. Yeah. The, the film editing of Dune or Sound of Metal? Um, I'd probably still go Dune just because to make such a mammoth piece kind of flow as well as it does definitely takes some skill. Fair. I can agree. Yeah, I'll go Sound of Metal. That's fair. The costume design of Cruella or Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Oh, Cruella, for sure. That was such a cool win. I agree. Cruella. 100%. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue with that one. Um, the cinematography of Dune or Mank? Uh, Dune. There were like four films that came out this year that had better black and white cinematography than Mank. Hmm. Yeah, but I think it's beyond just black and white. It's capturing yeah. the look. Uh, yeah, I'll still go Dune. But I'll actually go Mank. I think they're both great, though. <clears throat> and I think the cinematographer of Dune is great. Like, it's close. Oh, no, uh, yeah, don't, product- don't get me wrong. It looks amazing. It's just... Yeah. The production design of Dune or Mank? And there I actually am kind of more firmly on Mank. Not that Dune is bad there. I just, I think Mank's best thing was its production design and like, you know, kind of being a period thing, but also playing around with that in some interesting ways. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I'm sticking with Dune. No, I'll go Mank as well. Um, the sound of Dune or the sound of metal? Um, and I will go sound of metal because I think they did some more interesting things with being a, a non-traditional winner. Um, again, nothing against Dune. Yeah, I think Sound of Metal is a super cool win, and it would have been even if it weren't, you know, a limited crop of choices. Yeah. But, um, man, sitting in the theater for Dune and just the sound hitting you, oh my god, no, that's incredible. Dune all the way. Yeah. It was it was amazing, and, and, and Tiff, I will not lie about that. That's a tough one, because, yeah, Dune's... Um the sound, even not just the big moments, but the small moments work so well. And they, they did such a great job with the sound design all the way throughout. Sound of Metal, though, told the story through it. And, yeah. man, that's a tough one. Totally. I'm going um, well, to go with Dune. All right. Although I didn't uh, know the original, the Yeah. The original song, No Time to Die, or Fight for You? I don't remember Fight for You, so No Time to Die by default. Yeah, I think I think I'm on that same one. Yeah, what's Fight for You? <laughs> that's from uh, Judas and Black Messiah. Oh wait, that's her, right? Her. her. Yeah. So so straight up when uh Daniel Kaluuya and her came out to um uh present whatever award they were doing, which they came out to Africa by Toto, which was kind of a weird thing. A lot of people of did. A lot of African-American actors came out to Toto. Yeah, which I was thought... was a weird choice. Uh, I didn't like that. But anyway, I, I literally had to re... I was glad I taped it, because I literally had to rewind that moment like three or four times, because I couldn't figure out who she was. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is that Chanel um, Monet? Is that like Tessa Thompson, totally. like in a weird makeup? What's going on there? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, 
Did we already? I think we're on No Time to Die. No Time yeah. to Die as well. Yes. <clears throat> and finally, the original score of Dune or Soul. <clears throat> uh, Dune. Dune. Yeah. Soul was not a favorite. Fair enough. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about the actual awards quickly. Um, how did everyone do with their predictions? I believe I was nineteen out of twenty-three. I think I was the same. Uh, I did pretty bad because I was trying to. I I went way too hard on Power of the Dog, a film I don't even particularly like. Uh, so I did sixteen. Oh, see, I, I I actually pulled back one Power of the Dog. I, I was gonna sneak in a third. I put it in for editing, and then the uh, I forget which one it was, but I yeah I pulled back so, on it. Uh, visual effects was Dune. I believe we all had that. Production design was Dune. I had that. Mm-hmm. Yep. International feature was Drive My Car. We all had that. Yep. C- cinematography was Dune. I think we all had that. Maybe someone had, had Power of the Dog. I had Dune. Okay, so we all had Dune. Um, <clears throat> original song was No Time to Die. Yep. Yes. Yep. All had that. Um, documentary short was The Queen of Basketball. I had that. I had that I as well. that. Um, documentary feature was Summer of Soul. I believe we all had that. Yep. Yes. Animated feature was Encanto. I think we all had uh, Mitchell's versus the yeah. Machines there. That, yeah, yeah. You, you, sw- you swayed that was my a, vote. That was, that was yeah. probably the biggest disappointment of the night for me, that Mitchell's didn't take it. Same here. Yeah. I think I think, um, uh, I think they closed in, but I don't think they closed the gap, unfortunately. Uh, makeup and hairstyling, I had Tammy Faye. Which one? Same. Same. Yeah. Um, film editing, Dune. I did not have that one. I was on King Richard. I'd, I was on Power of the Dog. I had Power of the Dog as well. Yeah. Uh, live action short was The Long Goodbye. I had that. That's the only one of the shorts I got. That's the only, I got that wrong. I had the dress. Uh, <clears throat> fair enough. The animated short was uh, Windshield Wiper. I had um, Robin Robin, like a lot of people. Yep. Robin Robin. I had Affairs yeah. of the Art. Well, can't. Nothing to be done about that. <laughs> Original screenplay was Belfast. I had that. Nope. I, I did as well. I was on uh, Licorice Pizza. Which it was definitely a close race of who have we nominated a million times that we're finally going to give it to. And, um, you know. Yeah, I switched that one. That uh, was that was a uh, that was the last minute as I was putting in my final. Yeah. So I was like, no. Nah. PT, PTA's time will come. Yeah. Um, Adapt the screenplay went to Coda. I had that. Nope, I was on Power of the Dog. The screenplays definitely fucked me. Yeah, bad code as well. Um, original score went to Dune. That's where I tried to find an award for Power of the Dog, and I had Johnny Greenwood. Um, I should have just stuck with Dune and Hans Zimmer. That was the one that... that I had, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Miles. Oh, just, I had Dune. Yeah, I had Power of the Dog, and I said, I, I'm putting him in there. I'm putting Greenwood in there for my second favorite Greenwood score. And then the last minute I said, you know what? It's a Dune night. I'm going Dune. So, Yeah. Uh, sound was Dune. I'm pretty sure everyone had that. Yep. Costume design was Cruella. I think everyone had that. Yep. Supporting actor was Troy Kotzer for Coda. I think we all had that. Yep. Supporting actress was Ariana DeBose, West Side Story. I think we all had that. Yep. Yeah. Best actor was Will Smith. And now we can't help but kind of giggle. Uh, King Richard, we all had that. Yep. Actress Jessica Chastain, the eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, um, I think we all had that. Yep. Yeah, I did. I, was, yeah, I, I almost put Stewart in, and I'm like, nah, it's not going to happen. I mean, Penelope Cruz. I think that buzz. Some of it was she never had her turn as the front runner, and also just the manufactured. Like we need we need a competition because it seems like a a weak race. 
Uh, director was Jane Campion, Power of the Dog. That was one of the most obvious ones of the night. Mm-hmm. Who was yep. your two in the end? Um, for actress or director? Director. For director, I, I still kind of think it was ultimately Branagh, but it was such a runaway. I know a lot of people put Spielberg too by the yeah, end, but I, the Spielberg movie won too. one Oscar. Like My, everything yeah. else, everything else in that lineup won one Oscar, except Flickr's Pizza, which won none. So I don't know how you figure that out. Yeah, Rana was my two. Obviously, I don't know, but I think West Side Story was probably a number two and number three for its categories. Maybe. Just so far behind Dune on a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Power of the Dog was ahead of West Side Story in certain things. And Best Picture was Coda. I think uh, we all had that by now, or did you have Power of the Dog, Miles? I still have Power of the Dog, so Oh, did you? There you go. Yeah, I had Coda. I mean, you know. We will we will continue to talk more about it, but we're also kind of going to move away <clears throat> into other stuff. We got to figure out a name for that segment where we talk about an older movie we all watched at some point, um, and uh, you know we'll get into several different things. A lot of, next week we'll probably talk about like what we wish they did differently, and uh, maybe be a little less annoyed at them. But for now, uh, the wound is still fresh. I guess I don't know. There's more articles to come on the site. Um, <clears throat> you probably have already seen, I think, I don't know if it's the highlights and lowlights or the snubs and surprises. There's another article like that coming. And then there's, uh, both of those. So one of those you'll see now, one of those you'll see, I guess, tomorrow. Um, ironically, I think, uh, the Sunday scaries gets to, um, sort of ironically be about that. The only horror movie cited was army of the dead yeah. in that stupid category. Um, listen, I'm searching for content. So my my, my daughters were like, "What is that movie?" I'm like, "It's a movie like, that very well, you few people really loved." But yeah, the, and like, it's not a bad. It's actually not a bad movie. No, but like, wild that it's but there to win and, the category. Yep. Which, by the way, I want to end on this. It didn't win an Oscar, but if you go on IMDb, it's listed yeah. along with Justice League as an Oscar winner right now. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, they're gonna have to update that. That's a weird. Twitter shouldn't <clears throat> like determine actual Oscars. Like nobody gave exactly. anyone from Army of the Dead an Oscar. Totally. So let's wrap up. Say where you can be followed, and um, it's not fully our final thoughts, but uh, give your final thought on on the ninety fourth Academy Awards. Uh, you can follow me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M Y L E S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They are both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Uh, You can find my writing on both Awards Radar and on Looper. Uh, Final thoughts. Do better next time, guys. Make it about the films. Cater it to a film audience. Because nobody who's not a film audience cares about anything other than, like, the dumb controversies that they can turn into memes. Very true. Mm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Filmstork. You can also listen to my podcast, The Verse. And, uh, and you can find my writings here and there on uh, Awards Radar, where we're gearing into uh, switching gears into Emmy season. Um, and when it comes down to my final thoughts on it, uh, not a memorable year besides the one moment. The I, I was really ha- happy with a lot of the winners, but 
You know, the show, I think, stripped away some of the gloss and, and, and just made them fade into the background, which is a real shame, especially those eight categories that were squeezed in like they were, you know, commercials instead of uh, part of the main show. So, you know, from the front to from top to bottom, from the opening moments with the opening song, which in memoriam, I, I was just like, yeah, not if, if I was a kid now, would I be watching next year? I don't think so. So uh, fix that because you're going to want younger kids to be watching this and you're going to want the the, uh, the old true film fans to be coming back. So, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's like, like Miles said, let's do better. Yeah, uh, we didn't even um, talk about the in memoriam. Did you guys find that as tacky as I did? Oh, I was, we, we, you know, we talked rough. about it a little bit. Yeah, we can, we can briefly mention that. Like I, I really like the tributes, like the the three tributes. Though it, it is weird in hindsight that they pick three people to uh, to highlight, sort of as more important than the others. But yeah, whatever. it's kind of <clears throat> playing favorites. It, but but you know whatever I can I can live with that. Um, but yeah, the the music was a little more upbeat than I thought it should be, and um, they were too present as opposed to sort of being around. I I kind of liked. In other years, where they would have like one person do like an acoustic something or other, like yeah, that's you know they were leaning. Like, the performance was like way too distracting. You kind of yes. just want to go through the names. Yeah, I want to just see who it is and be upset. Um, and like I still, I honestly don't know who was on that list because I wasn't, I couldn't pay attention. I, yeah, it was harder to focus than it should be. Like normally, you know, you're because you inevitably go, oh, I forgot about that one, or you're waiting to see who like the big ones are mm-hmm. that they you know they they kind of like always try to wrap up with the you know the one that they think maybe impacted you the most and it was just it was hard to definitely hard to focus like i cried because i cry all the time and they they definitely um screwed up what is really consistently their easiest moment especially now like we're entering this sounds awful but you know what i mean almost like the golden age of death like only like until we die we're only going to see people that we grew up watching die. Like we, we already filtered through the people who are already movie stars, you know, and we're already old and stuff like that. Like it's all people that we saw at age now and it's going to hit us harder. You know, like, like I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. I'm sure I'm not, I'm not putting that into words very well, but it, it's almost like there's a difference between, you know, when you're when you're, you know, 10 years ago when uh, when someone, you know, an 86 year old actor died and you're like, oh, what a shame. Um, you know, now when you start to see some of the names, you're just like, oh, wow, like mm-hmm. there's a that's definitely that's part like of your past. A piece of. Yeah. And it's a part of history. Like, yeah. I mean, there and that's not even taking into account the weirdness of for some of us in this industry. You 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 meet these people, you know, and in a select few cases, you get to know them like, you know not a secret that i've i've become friends with bruce Dern. like he's an 80 something year old man like spoiler alert he will die one day and that will be very strange it'll hurt but also strange in that like it'll feel weird that there'll be people on the internet like saying oh what a loss and stuff but they didn't know him and i'm gonna i'm not gonna think about the actor i'm looking at the guy who was who somehow became my friend and like that's weird and unprofessional and all that shit but also like that's human that's human nature mm-hmm. and like i just don't know it's weird and and it's going to it would it would feel very strange if that happens and on the next that year's Oscar ceremony you know he's lumped in the middle and the um you know the band is is 
is playing Shake It Off or something during it because uh-huh. like the song choices have been strange. Like I, I really think it should be, you know, uh, um, an acoustic like tearjerker song. Mm-hmm. Like play into the emotion. Like that's the thing that they don't get. Like they're trying to make it like a fun show, and it's gonna be fun to the people who enjoy this. If you don't care about movies, you're not gonna have fun no matter what, and you're not gonna suddenly have fun because. Megan the Stallion is is singing about uh, sort of Bruno, like I don't know. When it comes down to that, that's a question. Who is tweeting out in a positive? If that's what they're looking for, is that social media engagement? Who is tweeting out about the in memoriam or the Encanto in a positive light and saying, "Oh, thank God they brought in her," or "Thank God they had this band or this this uh, chorus or whatever you like to call them um, singing in front." of the names as you're barely able to see the names. Wouldn't it be great if they didn't just pick the three biggest ones with the biggest emotion and maybe had somebody that you didn't know and say, hey, Bill Murray's going to speak about the screenwriter behind of, of this film. I mean, obviously he was speaking about someone he was friendly with, but like, no, I know. yeah, I know, no, I know I exactly what but, you're getting but at. Bring somebody up. You know, let's, let's talk about somebody because they are important. It doesn't just have to be, hey, what's going to be the big emotional impact? But let's, you know, let's honor people who don't always get that moment. I think that's where the mistake is. It's like we, we've, we've become too predictable. And in doing so, it's uh, instead of having the impact they want, it's actually doing the reverse. I, uh, I think I've, I've made my thoughts on, on everything clear. So I'll just wrap up by saying you can find me at Joey Magazine, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff. Awards Radar is on Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's on Twitter. I think that's all it's on, um, representing the site. And, uh, yeah, again, um, to anyone who was uh, worried about me, like, yes, something is going on. Some people know what it is. If I didn't tell you what it is, I'm not trying to exclude you from anything. It's just it's a personal thing, and I'm I'm not in an amazing place. So thank you for understanding, and thank you for a lot of the kind words that I've gotten. It, it, does, it does mean a lot, and I hope I've sufficiently faked it today for you all. And we'll be back next week with another one. And like I said, we'll talk more about the show. We'll start to look a little bit forward. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll kind of take a breather from from this all. Like it's the end of, what did we call it, uh, Steve? It's like we're starting season three or, or something like that. Yeah, so um, who knows? Who knows what, what um, embarrassing, potentially canceling thing will make Miles do? Oh, thanks. I can't wait. I'm... I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking uh, you're going to be doing. Uh, let's see. I say he slaps slap Chris Rock. Well, I say I think I think I think Miles needs to play Will Smith, but does the the Rocky voice? I don't know. We'll figure something out. I'm not going to do uh, any of that. Just to be clear, we'll workshop it. Uh, in Chris the meantime, Rock. we we appreciate everyone. Yeah, I know. And Miles could get slapped after the sense. No, I'm kidding. Um, thank you all. We will see you at the movies and. Uh, Please let us know what you thought of the Oscars, uh, for better and almost certainly for worse. Uh, Take care, and as always, thank you for listening. Bye, y'all. Good night. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.